The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman grew up in a small town in Alabama. Her life was simple and family roles were traditional, and she was smart and easily intrigued by things and places that were different. She learned to dance and lose herself in movement. She became curious about delivering babies and thought nursing was for her. But business was where she was destined to be. The road wasn't easy. The color of her skin blocked entry into many areas, and she always felt she had to be silent. Then one day, she realized she didn't have to play by everyone else's rules. She could make her own. And when she made this change in perspective, the world opened up to her. Her vision became clear and her journey to greatness began unfolding in ways that she never thought possible. It's my pleasure to introduce Yolanda Haywood. Hi, Yolanda. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Annette. It's a pleasure. I stumbled on that beginning a little bit, didn't I? I don't know what happened there. (laughs) A little bit, it's okay. (laughs) This is the live recording, so it happens. (laughs) That's right. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. You have so much hard-earned wisdom I want to share. So let's get started. All right. For most of your adult life, you have played by the rules of others. You would only say what others wanted to hear and march to others' expectations. What made you realize this wasn't how your life had to be And how did you find the courage to claim your voice? Hmm. I guess what made me really realize it is I was suffering in silence. Everything around me looked perfect. I mean, it was a picture perfect story, as people will say. And on the inside were the quiet and the silent tears. And for me, that wasn't good enough. It was so contrary to what I knew life had for me, what I knew God had destined for me. And the courage came. Actually, I was on the Caribbean Sea and I was sitting on um, a rock in Jamaica and I was just watching the sea and watching the sunrise. And there was this quiet and still peace that came. And every morning for like a week when I was there, I would just write and I was just write, And something snapped, something birthed on the inside of me. And I realized that when I came back to the States, I would never be the same. And that was the beginning of your walk to greatness, wasn't it? It was. It really was. It was It was the beginning to me walking without regard for what everybody else wanted for me, without worrying about what everybody else thought. It's when I gave myself permission to not be a part of the status quo, to really live the things that I believed, which was life was meant to be lived without walls. Mm, and that's so beautiful. And sometimes talking about that permission just for a second before we move to the next question, it's, um, you know, there's I think it's almost a two step process. You know, it's it's one thing to know things. It's another to give yourself permission and be willing to do them. Yeah. So often people know things, but they don't they aren't willing to do them. Oh, I knew it. I always knew Mm -hmm. didn't have to. I always knew I was different. I always knew there was a different way. But I never really gave myself the okay. It's okay to be different. It's okay not to follow the script. But see, the script was safe 
because it's what you learn is how you protect yourself is how you make sure that you hit certain goals. But those goals were low. They were here and they really had a limit on them. And I think that my life is shaping out to prove that I live without limits. So. <laughs> and you've thrown away that version of small, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in that, let's let's go a little further. So in knocking down those walls and, and breaking those limits, um, it leads me to the next question, because fear used to be your constant companion. Mm-hmm. But others saw you as fearless, but yet inside, as you've already alluded, you were filled with the fear of failing, of succeeding, of the backlash of the church, of judgment, and it can go on and on. So where are you today with regards to fear? And what advice would you give to other driven women about fear? Fear gets to take a back seat. Now with life, I would say it never comes up. It comes up, but I don't give it priority. You know, one of the things that I've learned is even if I have to do it scared, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, I was having a conversation with my father one day and he told me, he said, Yolanda, I don't know what fear feels like. He said, because the only thing I know how to do is to act. And that statement took me aback. And I remember saying to him, I don't think I was wired like that, daddy. I've spent so much of my life fighting fear. It would be a gift for me not to know what it feels like. And it took work, Annette. It took a lot of work for me to get to the place where I was willing to be bold, brave, courageous, fearless, and really embody what I believe are my core values of uh, freedom and faith. So what would I say to someone else? Do it scared. What would I say to another great woman is that nothing holds you back but you. And if first you don't succeed, you didn't fail because you will either win or you will learn, but you will never fail. I like that. And that's a nice perspective to move forward with because otherwise we beat ourselves up and then that paralyzes us. That imprisons you. I just got through writing something earlier today about uh, core values. And I say they will either feed your soul or they will freeze you. Because when you are paralyzed, you are frozen, you are stuck in a moment, in a time, and it depends on what you believe. You know, when you really believe and you look at the essence of the value and you say, okay, this thing is going to move me forward, that's when you are feeding yourself. But if you look at it, if you look at the opportunity, if you look at the experience, the circumstance or whatever it is, and you allow yourself to be frozen from it, you get stuck. And then that begins to shape your value system. So I don't value fear. It doesn't get a seat. It doesn't get a number. It doesn't get a welcome mat into my home anymore. It's been evicted from the essence of who I am. Where it used to sit in the boardroom, didn't it? It used to sit. <laughs> to run the boardroom. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> All right, so we're going to stay in the space of talking about highly driven women. So okay. women, especially those that are highly driven, can get caught in a loop of chasing everything in the search of the thing. You and I talked about this. Yeah. So my question to you is, have you found your thing? And how did you get to this point? Have I found my thing? You know what? My thing found me. Mm. It was always there. How did I get there? I think I was born into it. But because I was born and I am naturally a highly driven and a multi-gifted woman, I would try some of this and do some of this. I could do so many things. 
and I would do them well. And because I could do a lot of things and I would do them well, and I was always the person that someone wanted on their team, everything got cloudy for me. I really couldn't figure out what is the thing, right? What am I created to do? What is the the fingerprint and the blueprint for Yolanda? Over the course of life, um, through overcoming many challenges, I started to realize that the one thing that I did well was ignite to inspire, to impact others. I knew it. I knew I was the person that people called. My phone would ring. I always had the words to say. Inspiration boiled on the inside of me. It was the thing that woke me up in the morning and the thing I went to bed thinking about at night. And if you were to go to my mother's house, she has this uh, file cabinet and it has like all of your school records from kindergarten to now. And in every one of them, every year, the teacher says, Yolanda is an amazing student, but she talks too much. Yolanda is a wonderful student, but she speaks too much. (laughs) (laughs) So I found my thing in my voice. Um, I found it because I knew I had something to say, but not just something to say, but a core message, a message that empowers, that changes, that heals, that delivers and help someone else reach their next. Excellent. And and I, I love that you pointed out that your thing found you, because mm-hmm. I think what happens, particularly with uh, multi-gifted women who are highly driven, they're so busy chasing, they don't stop long enough to let that thing find them. Mm-hmm. I so mean, you and I have both been there. You have to pause. Yes, you do. You mm-hmm. have to pause. And and the old saying that I, I tell some of the people I coach that just because you can don't mean you should. Just because you can don't mean you should. And just because somebody asks doesn't mean you have to say yes. No, that's ex- that, that's exactly right. <laughs> no is a good word. <laughs> no can be a very good word. A again, great the word. More you, the more you use it, the easier it is to say. <laughs> Correct. You get good at it. <laughs> yes, you do. on a hamster wheel of trying Mm -hmm. to make everyone happy. And in the midst of this, you were not happy yourself. So how did trying to make everyone happy hold you back from reaching your potential? And how did you break the pattern for yourself? Because it does become a pattern. It held me back because it kept me captive to what others want. And you know what really happened? What really happened is it put me on this deadly cycle of stress that began to resonate in my body. I would feel it. Illnesses started to um, enter and I couldn't figure out where they were coming from. There was no certain diagnosis for different things. Every day I felt tired. More and more week by week, I felt sick. And I just knew that wasn't the path for me. Something had to give. And so when I took a step back and I started to say, you know, what brings me joy? What brings me fulfillment? On the list was what everybody else wanted me to do and wasn't what I wanted to do. I had to start going back and saying, okay, who are you? What do you really want to do? What feels authentic for you? And when I started to peel back the layers, the shift came when I just decided I'm not doing it anymore. So I took a year, what I like to call my sabbatical. I left my nice corporate job. 
I have been working in ministry since I was 12 years old. I was in my at beginning of 40 at that time. And it was the first time in 30 something years that I would not work in ministry. I took a year off and it was the hardest thing for me, Annette. It was so hard because so much of who I was, I found in my service to God. And so when that wasn't there, I didn't know who I was apart from the service. But what I really learned is that the ministry and the intimacy of the relationship with him would help me discover who I really was. Service was an expression of who I was, but I had lost myself in the works and couldn't really find who I was. So I peeled them back. I got rid of everything that was no longer serving me so that I could serve in this world greater. And I want to dig a little bit deeper in that because you said something that that sparked curiosity in me. So how important do you think it is for women to step into this incredible space of leadership that I'm determined to take them to? How, (laughs) How important do you think it is from your own experience that these women know themselves very well? You want a scale rating, like on a one to 10? Because if so, have, it's, 15. Have, it's a 15. <laughs> it's a 15. You know why? Because it's so easy to get lost in the noise, but you have to know yourself. You know, one of the things I keep on my on my desk is my North Star, all of the guiding principles that are true to me based on what I found from family, environment, culture, social, you know, status and any and everything. But of those, I narrow it down to my core values. And in the center of that is where I find my focus. Me knowing that helps me stay true. Because the reality is I can be a leader in many things, but I'm not called to all of those. I need to lead in the place that I am called to lead because that's where I'm going to make the greatest impact. And that will show in the passion that you bring to that cause as well. Yes, absolutely. You won't run out of energy. No, because it doesn't feel like work. Mm-mm, right. And the money will come and all the things that you need, will the stars will align. The stars always align. Money always comes, right? That I don't think about that the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. When, when the mindset was, oh, I want to build this corporate career and I want to be in corporate America and I want to be here. And once I make it to C-suite and let's do this and this. It, That's when I was chasing the wrong things. But when I got to the place of, I just want to do what I've been created to do. I didn't run out of energy. I don't get ill. The money comes. And when I finish speaking or when I'm finished coaching with a client, I feel energized. I feel like I've run a marathon. It is an amazing gift. Yes, I feel the same. And all of you listening, I would really encourage you to do that work to find who you really are and what you were created for. Because in that space, so many of the things that many of you are struggling with, the exhaustion, the stress, Mm -hmm. sickness, all those things are manifestations of you not being where you need to be. You're not being congruent with what you were created for. Absolutely. So these days, you see yourself as being an overcomer after coming to grips with racism, sexual abuse, and shame. And you are rewriting your story and showing others how to do the same. So as an overcomer, what is the one thing women need to do to break free and overcome? Honor themselves first. That's what came up when you just asked that. Honor yourself first. As women, we put so many things and other people ahead of ourselves. 
And it puts you back on that hamster wheel, serving everybody else's vision and letting your own light dim instead of letting it shine. But when you put yourself first, you put on your own oxygen mask, as they say, when you're boarding the flight. Um, that gives you the tenacity and the strength and the, the will to do everything else that you really want to do. And when, when women put themselves first as martyrs, then they can't do those things, can they? No, because you know what? You're wounded. And when you're wounded, you don't have all of your strength. When you're wounded because you're doing it the wrong way, you're just getting by. You are not thriving. You are surviving. You don't want to survive. You want to thrive. You don't want to just live life at a lower level. You want to get to the highest altitude where you get to see the wider vision. You get to see the expansion. Think about when you're on an airplane and it takes you up in the air and then you look out of the the window and you look down and you get to see so much. Things you don't get to see when you're at that lower level. You get to see how, how vast, how wide. You see opportunities. You see new networks. You see new connections. You see possibility. And it is endless. It's limitless. So you put yourself first. You put on your oxygen mask first and everything else will work itself out from there. Hmm. I love that. That's such great wisdom. So you have overcome many obstacles to finally get on your path to greatness. So if you wrote a letter to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give to make the journey easier? I would tell her to do it scared. Do it scared. Tell the truth, even if you're scared. Say no, even if you're scared. Say yes, even if you're scared. Go the other way, even if you don't see a crowd of people there, because you're probably created in a way that there's not going to be a crowd where you're going anyway. So go anyway, right? No matter what, no matter the heartbeat that comes with it, do it scared. And I would tell her that because when I turn back the memory of time, And I think about some of the circumstances that I had to overcome. If I would have spoken the truth and I would have done it scared, things would have probably played out a little different. I don't know. I can only suspect. If when I went into the registration office to register for college and I saw the the paper on the billboard where I wanted to go and be a missionary and go and speak around the world, if I had done that scared, probably wouldn't have taken me that long to be at the place where now I say I am a speaker that will travel the world and empower people. When I wanted to change my major, if I had done it, even if I was scared because it was something different, I just would have gotten here quicker. I was always here. There was always a calling for me to be in the place that I am right now. I just allow fear to slow down the destination slow down me arriving to the destination. So do it, even if you're scared. And it will be uncomfortable. Yeah. There's nothing fun about fear. <laughs> you can't breathe. <laughs> Your body tingles. <laughs> you can't sleep. <laughs> it's not a first class ride. Let me <laughs> You're back in the cargo section on during that journey, aren't you? That last seat by the bathroom. <laughs> no, it's uncomfortable, but it's necessary. 
Yes, it's necessary. And you know what happens after you do it for a while, your baseline of fear changes. You know, when I talk about fear now, it's not the same fear that it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, not even two years ago. My baseline has changed because the stakes are now higher. The the destiny is now greater. The call is now wider. So when I talk about it, it's because the impact is just that much greater. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. I can't wait to see how all this unfolds for you. It's going to be an exciting journey. And you will be up in the first class, not back in the, <laughs> in oh, the last row by the bathroom. Absolutely. So, so Yolanda, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Freedom. You know, the, the only other thing that I will say is freedom is one of the gifts of life for me. And one of the things that I've learned in this journey is if there is anything that causes me to feel imprisoned or stuck or held back in any kind of way, I let it go. And I let it go quickly because I don't believe that I am restricted. You know, in the the term that you used um, as an overcomer, (laughs) as an overcomer, I realize that I am resilient and that I can pretty much come out of anything. So I live life spreading my wings and my hope is that I will help others do the same, help them realize that you can soar, you can fly. And a lot of times eagles soar alone. So don't worry about who's there with you because that just means you're an eagle, not a little bird, right? (laughs) Not a little bird. (laughs) (laughs) So all of you out there see yourselves as eagles because that's exactly what you are or certainly can be. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yolanda, it's been a pleasure to have you here today with me and for you to share your wisdom. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to to come and be with me. And Yolanda is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. 